Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Fit to Live podcast. I am your host, Sydney, and I am excited to get into today's topic. So like I have said in the past couple of episodes, I am trying out some new things with the podcast and I'm trying out shorter formats, just different things. So bear with me if you see some random changes we're working on some things, but this is going to be a good episode. We're actually going to keep this one super quick, but I want to talk about food sources while dieting and can you actually realistically eat your favorite foods while losing body fat? So let's talk about it. That's what we're going to get into today because I feel like it is just such a polarizing topic on social media. And so I wanna break it down and I wanna give context and I wanna kinda get into the weeds a little bit of it so that you guys can see that it's not like this black or white answer and so that you guys can make then empowered and confident decisions after listening to this podcast. Before we get into today's episode, the only thing that I'm going to ask is that if you guys are enjoying these episodes, if you get value from the information that I put out from the podcast, if it has helped you at all on your own journey or helping clients or anything, just leave a little five-star review. It takes like one tap on Spotify, literally, so would greatly appreciate it. But other than that, we're not going to do any further intro. We're just going to jump into it. So... Can you really eat your favorite foods while losing body fat? I want to establish the foundations first of losing body fat before we get into eating your favorite foods in the process of that. So in order to lose body fat, you need to consistently be eating in a calorie deficit. So to break down the calorie deficit a bit more, you're going to create that from the energy that you take in paired with the energy that you expend. So if you are creating a deficit, you are going to be essentially expending more than you intake. And like I just said, we can create that calorie deficit through food adjustments or through adjustments to our expenditure or a mix of both. So that is number one you have to be in a calorie deficit. You cannot get around that. You can eat literally the quote-unquote healthiest, most quote-unquote perfect diet, and I'm using quotes (laughs) um, for a reason because I think those terms need a little more defining, but you can literally, whatever you consider the most healthy diet ever, you can eat that, and if you are not in a deficit, you're, you're not losing body fat. It's not happening. So that is number one is going to be energy balance and being in a calorie deficit. Now, the next thing is going to be eating enough protein because we're talking about losing body fat here. When we go into a deficit, what we are not wanting is to lose that hard-earned muscle, Um, not only because muscle helps kind of shape your physique, but also lots of other benefits to that muscle mass. So we don't want to lose that. So eating enough protein is really, really important as well. So we gotta be in a calorie deficit, eating enough protein, and one more note on the calorie deficit side of things, we don't want that to be too severe of a deficit or else you're also gonna lose muscle. So you wanna keep it more moderate 
and having enough protein to ensure that you're losing body fat and not muscle because the scale going down is one thing, but if a lot of that's from muscle, that's actually not what we're wanting. We want to maintain the muscle and see the body fat come off. So we have a calorie deficit that's not too aggressive. We have eating enough protein and then we have keeping in some form of resistance training, of weight training, making sure that it's an appropriate volume that you can recover from, but keeping in some resistance training during the diet. So those are going to be the top three considerations when we talk about losing body fat. So what I then want to kind of preface before I get into why do food sources matter then is that no one single food is going to make you put on body fat in and of itself. So if you take any food fear that you have or food that you kind of associate with body fat, and I'm just going to use examples that I hear commonly with like people that I work with, I see on social media. So maybe it's like a cupcake, a slice of pizza, um, a cookie, pasta, whatever. There is no one specific food that is going to make you put on body fat in and of itself. A calorie surplus is how you put on body fat. So there's not like one food that adding into your plan while you're dieting is going to like make you not be able to lose body fat if you're fitting it in the context of the deficit. Now we're going to get into then why do food sources matter at all? Why don't I just eat all cupcakes then? We're going to get into that. But I do want to establish that there's not like one single food that's going to make you put on body fat in and of itself. That's calorie surplus. Also, before we get into this, because I've just been seeing it more and more on TikTok and reels and things like that, um, is to be aware of people who use super general terms and it's almost like every food has some fear associated with it like oh fruits are toxic veggies are toxic you can't eat oatmeal you can't eat grains like if you listen to everything that you hear on the internet you are literally going to be left eating like ice and air i swear it's getting so bad lately so please just beware that not everything that you hear first of all None of it is ever spoken about usually with context, which is unfortunate, but also a lot of it is just straight up false. Um, so just be aware of that um, because I think sometimes people get so hyper-focused on picking the perfect food sources that they then forget, oh yeah, am I even in a calorie deficit? And it's like, that's literally the number one thing. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't pay attention to food sources, and I'm about to get into why, but that is something to really just stay mindful of when you're on social media is not everything that you see is true. And a lot of it also, even if it has some tiny little nuggets of truth, needs so much more context and like fleshing out. So anyways, I did just want to say that, but now kind of moving into okay so if it's about a calorie deficit um and there's not like one specific food that just like automatically makes me put on body fat and if i set it within you know my deficit then like i can still lose body fat so why then do food sources matter like why do we still care why can't you just eat pop tarts and cupcakes and pizza and you know that's call it good if you're you know staying within your deficit so first of all <laughs> with those food sources specifically, we got to consider 
still hitting our protein target, first of all. But I'm going to go through a list of some other reasons. So number one, we don't want to create nutrient deficiencies. So when we're looking at especially dieting, your calories are already lower and you're already creating an energy deficiency in your body. So the last thing we want to do is also create a nutrient deficiency or nutrient deficiencies in your body. So this is one reason why food sources do still matter, even when you're dieting, even though like it's not that one specific food automatically makes you not be able to lose body fat or that it can't fit. But when we look at food sources as a whole in the entirety of your diet, we do want to be sure that we aren't having gaps in our nutrients that we're getting in, which actually some foods that certain people will call like unhealthy or whatever actually still have like a variety of nutrients, but there's definitely some things that are pretty, pretty void of nutrients, um, especially stuff with like a lot of added sugars, things like that. So if you know your whole diet is coming from all of these added sugars and um, just hype, like overly processed foods and things like that, hyper palatable foods, etc., it is definitely more likely that you're not going to be getting as many nutrients than if you were also including like whole grains and legumes and fruits and veggies and nuts and seeds and all of those different things. Um, so that's the first reason we don't want to create nutrient deficiencies. Another is going to be fiber and gut health. So from foods that provide fiber, that is going to be great fuel for your gut essentially. So um, the bacteria can kind of use that as fuel, if you will. Um, so fiber has tons of positive health benefits, plus helping to keep you regular, um, things like that. So that's another reason that food sources matter. You know, if you just hit your calorie and protein goal, but you have zero grams of fiber, well, that's not going to be the best either. I'm, I'm a very, I like to take a very holistic approach. So it's like getting the fat loss, but also keeping you healthy. Like that's important as well. So fiber, um, I mentioned digestion with the fiber. So that's one piece, but just digestion as a whole. Like I've had clients who maybe, maybe they can handle a little bit of dairy, but they're filling like 70% of their day with like milk, cheese, um, yogurt, whey protein, all, like just tons of different dairy sources. And they're just having trouble digesting it all. So it's not that like the Greek yogurt on its own is a problem. The whey protein on its own is a problem, etc but paying attention to how are you digesting the foods that you're eating. And dairy is just one example um, that I see commonly. Maybe people will overdo it and not be able to digest it very well, but there's also other food sources that some people may digest better than others. So paying attention to how food sources impact your digestion. Um, also food sensitivities and intolerances. That's definitely something to consider. Like if you have a legit food sensitivity or intolerance, like that's something that you need to consider when you're picking your food sources. You don't just want to constantly be creating this inflammation in your gut because you keep eating something that you're, you know, intolerant to. And with food sensitivities, it may be something where you can actually address the gut issue and then not have that as a sensitivity anymore. I think some people don't realize just because you have certain sensitivities, like at one point in your life doesn't mean that they like are going to be there forever if you address it, um, if you like address your gut and heal that. But anyways, that's for another day. So food sensitivities, food intolerances, obviously allergies, like that's kind of an obvious one. Um, other reasons that food sources matter, energy levels. So if there are certain foods that you know after you have this meal or um, 
this food, it kind of gives you an energy crash later. Maybe it's just like a super sugary food, um, especially like not paired with like any fiber, fat, protein, etc. And you get a big glucose spike and then you kind of crash. So looking at energy levels, that's going to be important. Satiety levels is going to be a big one. Um, because if you are hitting your calories and your protein, but a lot of the food sources that you're picking maybe are, um, maybe they're all pretty low fiber and you're not getting any extra satiety from that, different factors like that, um, that is something to consider as well. Especially if you're dieting, it can be really helpful to have foods that are more satiating. Not because you necessarily have to, but it's definitely nice to not feel as hungry during a deficit, which, by the way, I did do an episode, I don't remember, oh, episode 49, actually, five tips to manage hunger in a deficit. So if you guys want to check out more about satiety when dieting, you can check out that episode. But that's another consideration. Um, Another reason why you still do want to pay attention to food sources is the accuracy of the tracking. So, for example, things that are like packaged, um, more processed foods, they can have a bigger variance as far as like what the food label can claim versus what it actually is. I don't remember the exact percentage. I, I feel like, I don't even know if I want to say a number because I don't remember the exact percentage, but I feel like it's like up to 25% um, that there can be a margin. That could be wrong, but that's off the top of my head what I'm remembering for some reason. But I do know that they can be quite off as far as like what the label says what it actually is and I don't say that to scare you out of ever having um, a packaged food with like a label on the back that's not what I'm trying to do here but if like all of your food is coming from that you may be more off than you think with your totals and so you're like I'm hitting this number should be a deficit for me but it's not working but maybe there's just so many inaccuracies and it's kind of like adding up also too if we're talking about like um, a slice of pizza from a restaurant where you're not fully sure what the macros are or a burger from a restaurant you're not fully sure and you're trying to track that kind of stuff in all the time like that's another consideration just as far as accuracy goes um and trust me we're gonna get into like okay sydney well can i eat my favorite foods then we're gonna get to that right now i'm just going through some reasons why it matters trying to give you guys context um so accuracy and then lastly We want to consider with food sources, some food sources genuinely do have really positive health benefits. So foods that are rich in antioxidants, foods that are rich in omega-3s, and obviously there's tons of other nutrients and vitamins and minerals and whatnot that we get from our foods, but there really are amazing foods out there that can truly be like just really, really good for us. And so I think that's something to consider as well when we're looking at what we're filling the majority of our diet with. Um, So not only do we not want to create nutrient deficiencies, but we also want to give those really good things to our body um, to help it function at its best. So those are some reasons why food sources still matter. So whenever people make the argument of like, oh, well, then it's, you know, if I just need to stay in my calorie deficit and eat enough protein then I'll just eat whatever within that. These are some reasons that I might say, hey, do you maybe still want to care about your food sources though because of these things? Like might this influence some of your decisions that you make, whether that's the digestion, the energy, the satiety, how accurate you can be, the health benefits, the nutrients, all of that are going to be things to consider. 
So after going through that, what is kind of like my rule of thumb? And this is my opinion and this is kind of the mindset that I like to take with myself and with clients. Um, there's definitely people who have different opinions than me and that's totally fine. Um, this is mine, so I'm going to give it to you. In a dieting phase, so when you are in a calorie deficit, I think making the majority, I'm not saying 100%, but the majority of your foods coming from things that are like less refined, less added sugars, and more nutrient dense. Why? Because we're already in an energy deficit again. We don't also want to be creating nutrient deficiencies. I still want, like one thing that, like I mentioned, I still want you having foods where you're getting antioxidants, where you're getting omega-3s, foods that are going to fill you up, that's going to keep your digestion going, that's going to keep you, and if your digestion gets all off and you're not absorbing your nutrients, that's an even further issue. So making the majority of your foods less refined, less added sugars, more nutrient dense, again, most of the time, but then here comes the part of your favorite foods. Keeping and maybe some of your favorite foods are also amazing foods that you know have lots of nutrients and they fill you up like that's awesome. Like oatmeal is one of my absolute favorite foods, for example. But if we're talking about fitting foods that we know, okay, this probably doesn't really have very many nutrients, this um, is a higher calorie, less nutrient dense food, so just more calorie dense food versus nutrient dense food, those are things where we just need to fit them in moderation. If your favorite food is ice cream, can we fit that in moderation? Um, if your favorite food is tortilla chips, can you, you know, have a few on the side of a meal that does have more nutrients and that's more voluminous? So, can you fit your favorite things? Yes, absolutely. And there's not one food that somebody could tell me that I would say, no, there's no way that could fit. Like, there's not a food that somebody could tell me that. But it's more about the context of like, okay, how much of your day then is that making up? Are you fitting that in moderation? Or are you fitting that as the bulk of your diet? So you can eat your favorite foods. And again, your favorite foods also may be fruits and veggies and grains and legumes and avocados and oil and nuts and all that. Like, that may be... Some of your favorite foods and that's amazing but whenever it comes to those other things that maybe you know okay this doesn't fill me up as much this doesn't really have many nutrients this doesn't really have that much fiber um this probably doesn't have just like a ton of added necessarily benefits that's okay just make that more the things that you fit in moderation and i promise you you will still be able to make progress and it will allow you to not feel overly restricted when you're dieting. So one thing that I always say is think of being more inclusive first of that first category. So hey, I wanna be inclusive of foods that provide fiber for me, of foods that give me energy, of foods that fill me up, of foods that give me nutrients and antioxidants and omega-3s and all of these different things. Like I wanna be inclusive of that and I want you to think about that decision for yourself. I always ask my clients, because of those things I just listed, do you want to be more inclusive of those? And most people, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time are going to say, oh yeah, I actually, I do want all of that for myself. <laughs> I do want to show up for myself that way. And so it's really easy for them to say, okay, yeah, I want to be more inclusive 
of the foods that are going to provide those things and make me feel that way. And then, though, we just want to think of being more inclusive of that rather than being exclusive to other things. Because if we start with what we need to exclude, that's when people feel overly restricted and it leads to all this guilt and shame. And it almost leads to you feeling forced to eat like foods with these health benefits and these different things rather than it being a choice where you're like, oh, wait, I actually want to do that. So think of being more inclusive of those previously mentioned things rather than being exclusive to things just because they aren't necessarily more fibrous or they don't have as many nutrients. Don't necessarily think exclusive to that, but the more inclusive that you are of those other things, those other little things are going to have to be in moderation. So it's going to be almost like a natural way to keep those in moderation because if you got to stick in your calories and hit your protein and you're being really inclusive of these nutrient-dense foods, you're not going to have as much room for the others. Um, and so then, honestly, naturally, they'll just fit in moderation. Like, it's, it's honestly really simple. So another thing that I like to teach my clients is to make their decisions based on the context, not based on the fear. So let's use a cupcake, for example, just because it's like a pretty nutrient-void food for the most part, pretty high sugar, and just like higher calorie. Um, again, a cupcake in itself isn't going to make you not see progress, not going to make you put on body fat. It's the surplus that does that. But again, based on the context. So let's say somebody has this cupcake and they're trying to decide if they want it. So we're not making the decision based out of fear. Here's what we're going to ask ourselves. Okay, if I have this, how am I going to feel after? Am I going to probably maybe be more hungry than if I had something a little more voluminous right now? Is it going to be kind of harder for me to stick in my calories for the day because of that hunger? Um, am I going to feel more energized if I had something else that gives me more stable energy rather than maybe like a spike and a crash? Um, like those could be questions that somebody would ask themselves. And so maybe the decision is, you know, okay, I know the cupcake itself isn't, you know, the problem, but because of these things, I'm going to pick this other thing because I want to feel more full. I want to have more stable energy. But maybe there's a context where somebody says, you know, I think it is worth it to me to use some of my calories on this today. Um, I know that I might not be as satiated today, but like that's okay. And I'm going to make sure that I do still get fiber elsewhere in my day to be sure that I'm still um, managing my blood sugar as, as best as I can, things like that. Or maybe if you go somewhere in between the spectrum, it's like, okay, maybe I just have, you know, part of it, but I also pair it with this meal that has protein and fiber so that um, I don't get as much of a, a blood sugar crash or whatever the case is. So making the decisions based on context, not based on fear. And oftentimes in a diet, you will probably start to find that you're going to prefer the thing that fills you up more, that makes you feel more satisfied. Um, but at the end of the day, don't sugarcoat calories in versus calories out. Um, because that is number one. I think so many people try to sugarcoat that and you know, I've seen people who post about, oh, you can, you know, have all of these foods anytime and lose the weight. And it's almost like they they let their clients get so um, lenient that it's like the calories in versus calories out doesn't matter. And that's so not true. Like, we cannot get past that. So if you keep eating out of your deficit, you're not going to lose the weight. It's just, it's not going to happen. Um, but remember... In summary here and then I have a bonus tip for you guys but it's not the food itself <laughs> that's the issue it can be worked in 
just got to look at the context. And this is all in the context of dieting. Um, how I talk about these things is going to be a little different when I'm talking about maybe maintenance. So um, my bonus tip for you guys, when you're dieting, in order to just feel more satiated and just to enjoy the diet more, because it honestly sucks whenever you feel really, really hungry all the time. Like I talked about in the hunger management episode, there's going to be some that's okay, we got to deal with that. But if we can manage it a little bit better, it's just going to help you adhere more. It's going to help it be more enjoyable. So when you're dieting, it may be helpful to find more macro-friendly versions of some of your favorite foods that are like super calorie dense or pretty void of any like fiber things that are going to help maybe fill you up. Um, or even if not the fiber part, even just like of things that are more calorie dense, maybe trying to find a little more macro-friendly version of that. Um, at least whenever you're in the, the deficit, just to help control those calories and to keep you more satiated. So like a couple of examples, if you are obsessed with pizza, nothing wrong with a slice of pizza out, but do you want to use up that much of your calories on one slice of pizza or... Do you maybe want to make a little at-home personal pizza where you can keep it a little more controlled on the calories and fat and probably even get the protein pretty high on it? Not to mention you're probably going to be able to be more accurate with that tracking. Um, but pizza is an example. Um, let's see, what's another example? Something like uh, dessert. So let's say you're obsessed with ice cream. Um, I am too. Love ice cream. But if you go out to a Dairy Queen or like a Sonic and get like a blast with all the stuff in it, whatever, like that's going to take up like your whole day of calories. Not your whole day, maybe. <laughs> it could, potentially, depending what you got. But it's going to take up a significant amount. So maybe it would be more helpful to you to just make a little bit more of a calorie-friendly, macro-friendly, something sweet at home. And I promise the more that you play around with these things, you can really find things that you enjoy so much. Like... When I'm dieting and not dieting, I have really found just some kind of versions of different things that I seriously love um, and that helps me stay on track while feeling more satiated, all of those things. Um, so those are some considerations and hopefully that bonus tip was helpful to just kind of be able to also think about, okay, if there are certain foods like, okay, thank you, Sydney, for clearing up for me that I don't need to fear this, but based on the things that you said, I probably still don't want to fit this food all the time because it is going to take up so much and, like, I won't feel full and all these things. So hopefully that tip is helpful for you to think about, okay, is there a way, though, that I can maybe find a little bit more macro-friendly version of this? Different things like that. So that is going to wrap up this topic. Um, I do, though... Um, have something really, really fun coming. I have a new program launching next month, August 21st, Fit to Live Coaching, brand new program, and I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited for you guys to see it. I think for some of you guys, it is going to be like a no-brainer, and I'm, yeah, I'm so excited about it, um, but that's just like a tiny little sneak peek just because I'm excited, so I wanted to say something. But that is it for this episode. I really hope that it was valuable and I hope this gave you some good things to think through. I hope that it kind of opened up some food freedom for you in a diet and kind of gave you a sigh of relief. 
um, but also gave you the things that you still may want to think about. Um, but to be able to come at it from that empowered place and that inclusive place rather than a place of like fear and exclusivity. So anyways, that is all. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode.